Patches and Podcast, my name is Dom. Unfortunately today, for this recording, uh, the boys have just been busy, so uh, I had to basically uh, hogtie <laughs> somebody to come in and do this, but um, thankfully I was hogtieing. Angie came into the room and went, how are you hogtieing someone? Do you like a, I can do a podcast, so I had to... Let them listen. Have uh, Angie join us. Are they okay? Yeah, oh, they're all right. Just a wee bit of rope burn. That's okay, all. that's fine. <laughs> but uh, Angie's with us. Hello. Tonight. And um, yeah, we're just here just to sort of uh, fill in the slot while the boys are away having a good time. Well, one I, one's having a good time, mm, the other one's working. Um, I hope that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's okay. Like they'll give us feedback probably next week and say like how rubbish it was and mm-hmm. how there wasn't enough that. No, no, but they'll be singing your praises. They'll be like. Tom's a terrible host. Tom's terrible at everything he does. But oh, that Angie, we're just, she's gonna be the third I'm member. <laughs> looking to you, host, to keep me right on this one. So, um, so I think this is my first sober podcast. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I that sounds really bad. There's a bad window into my life. But yeah. Well, when the last podcast that we did was what episode? I think it was like fifty-two or something. Uh, Partners in wine. Well, I was on one at the start of January. Uh, yeah, but oh, just solo. I mean, like, oh, solo, oh, said yeah. duo, duo, should I say, not solo. Yeah. Um, and that was like, you know, that was just a night. We're just like, you know what, let's, let's do this podcast. And it kind of evolved. Like, you had a hole in your face, basically, as well. I don't think that context was ever explained on that <laughs> podcast. I don't think it was. Um, <laughs> but <elaborate>. no, <laughs> my, my colleague at the time that I'd been working with the night before, mm. I was on my way into work for a shift. And, um, you know, at night, mm-hmm. and I got a phone call from my boss saying, "Don't come in. Your colleague is being tested for COVID, mm-hmm. so you were due to do a solo podcast that night." Yes, that's true. And I crashed through the ceiling into your lap and went, "All right, I've got wine," but I had a filling that came out. Um, yeah, that's tooth. weird. Mm-hmm. It was a few, was it a few days ago before that. It or? was yeah maybe the day before actually yeah. it might have been on that shift actually but yeah uh-huh so yeah. i had a hole in my tooth and that just exacerbated <laughs> any alcohol that came in <laughs> so because yeah, i can remember like when uh we were having the podcast it suddenly went from zero to a hundred like quite quickly i think uh, we had a little break and then we came back and that was it it was just <laughs> i was surprised <laughs> but your editing skills are that good you can't tell where the break was you know, yeah exactly so. Yeah. Just suddenly here, <laughs> and then to <laughs> the Wogsmith coming in as well, which was very tough. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Um, but yeah, so it's been a good couple of episodes since then. You've obviously been on uh, one of the podcasts recently with mm-hmm. the boys when they came up. Um, that was fun. I like I like hanging out with the guys. Yeah, Hugh, they usually like they're a good laugh. Um, yeah, never say anything bad about them. I would say it to their face, like always mm-hmm. in the Hugh's face, but. I've been enjoying um, Shameless Plug, but I've been enjoying the Scorpion King podcast. Yeah, I haven't you. seen a single Scorpion King movie. <laughs> feel like I have. Um, but there was a couple of really funny bits that I did lose at. Yeah. Um, Pearl Thussie. Pearl Thussie, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was, was, like... it, was it the third or the fourth one? What was the one that you all really, really liked? The fourth one? I think it was the fourth one was a bit more like uh, silly. It was mm-hmm. very like Xena and Hercules kind of. I think it was the fourth yeah. one. Dagger in the arse. Yeah, like everyone was getting stabbed in the arse. Yeah, it was very, very comical. I'm sure. I think one of you had dagger in the arse in your notes. Yeah, I and think you I come in and go, I have dagger I in the arse. Like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, so I think you said it, and then I said, look, uh, matching notes. I'm like, oh, twinsies. Are you sad? It's over. 
Uh, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sad. Like, yeah, I think when uh, we we sort of wrapped up, it was very much like a um, we enjoyed reviewing it, but we didn't enjoy reviewing the movies or watching the movies. Um, the next lot of ones that we're thinking of doing uh, will be Ooh. interesting. Um, Have you decided what franchise you're going to tackle yet. next? Not yet. Um, but we are. We did say we would uh, put up on Instagram and maybe throw it to a vote mm-hmm. and see what, how people feel. Are they going to be like shitty, mo- shitty movies again? They could be, potentially. It's more like a series one that we can maybe jump in and out that we've all seen and we can have something to say about it. Because again, like, I think that's what's made it a lot... It's helped us critique a lot better. Because again, I think at the end it was very much like we actually had thoughts rather than going, aye, it was good. Or, it's It must be strange going in to watch a movie marathon knowing that the movies are not critically acclaimed. <laughs> they're not good. And they're not known for being good. No, yeah, it's... It sucks when it's like that because you go, oh, what what can we salvage from this? Because you know me, you know what I'm like. I'm not very much a negative person. I try not to be, so I always try to look the positive in things. You're a fucking delight. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, a piece of shit is just a piece of shit, and there's not much you can do about that. Can't polish a turd. You can't polish a turd. So that's a much nicer way of saying it than just saying a piece of shit is a piece of shit. Um, Especially when that turret is filled with scorpions. Yes, and they just surprise scorpions just come out very every. You're cribs. a Scorpio. I am a Scorpio. Yes, I am. Um, I neglected to say that to the lads at the end of the podcast, but did you feel like you were well represented? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's obviously <laughs> it's obviously one of those types of um, movies where it's the premises are just like it's just there just to get the sex of the story going and. They, they could have been anybody and like you know if they're star sign with Scorpio as well I'll be happy with that <laughs> could you imagine like a, a Virgo franchise a Virgo movie I wonder what that would look like or who would somebody that. who's like cleaning everybody cleaning up crime yeah uh, but is really efficient yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they get very boring done. plot yeah <laughs> very mundane huh? mm-hmm. but then everyone liked it it'd make millions Did I'd watch think? it Virgo one cut <laughs> <laughs> Virgo a go-go Virgo a go-go Sounds like an app Anyway <laughs> How have you been Angela? I'm good Angela <laughs> Who's that? That's my Sunday name Am I in trouble? Oh yeah no trouble How's, how's your uh, week been Angela? Well Dominic <laughs> um, It's been good It's been busy with work We had Mother's Day at the weekend yeah. Um, We had uh there's a service industry that we provide some stuff for um, mm. as a company, and um, we got the the news at the same time as everybody else that there's uh, going to be some strike action. Mm. Um, so that hit us as well. So it was a busy weekend, um, and then I had a hen do, oh. and you had a stag do. I did, yeah. So you were hanging out with the groom and his mm. pals, and I was hanging out with the bride and. Her pals, her family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a bridesmaid as well, so I was yeah. involved in the planning. And yeah. I think she had fun. Yeah. I really hope she did. Um, it, looked like, it looked like she did see the photos and stuff in like uh, Dolly Parton show that was well. Dolly Parton was there. Dolly Parton was at our flat for a wee bit. She well. was, um, yeah. unbeknownst to the bride. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I remember saying to because we've got a little bridesmaids chat, just the three of us, so the uh-huh. bride isn't in that. And... I said, yeah, our guest of honour arrived in the mail today. Um, <laughs> it was really difficult to book her because she only works nine to five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And she she didn't want any um, 
I think when we were talking about what we wanted to do for the hen, she, uh, and I kind of shot the question out like, okay, let's start with what you don't want. Mm. That's maybe a good place to start. And she went, I don't want any naked men, like no male strippers. And okay, it didn't say anything about naked ladies. So <laughs> my Amazon um, recommended is now in tatters because <laughs> all it says now is since you bought this blow-up doll, <laughs> maybe you'd like these other blow-up dolls. <laughs> um, you really feel the boldness. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, that was fun. She went down a hit. She was, she was abused. Yeah, I see um, like she had all the tattoos all around. Yeah, we had a little temporary tattoo station. Um, <laughs> and I thought people were just going to come and help themselves. That was the plan. Like, you mm. know, there was a little bowl of water. There was some washcloths and stuff so people could come and just put tattoos on as and when they wanted yeah. but in the end it ended up like I sat in a chair and just ta- tattooed like and <laughs> air bunnies um, people but it was actually a nice way of chatting to folk and getting to know folk and Ooh. you know how you know the bride and everybody it was really it was actually <laughs> quite good yeah. so yeah that was fun yeah. um, and the stags that were left mm-hmm. came and met us at where we were having the hen yeah. so that was fun getting to, to see him because I've never been on a hen do where the stag do was taking place on the same night yeah that was that was a first for me as mm-hmm. well actually like so that was nice days. like everyone yeah. came together at the end it was, it was fun yeah everyone was drunk everyone was very drunk <laughs> very drunk mm-hmm. the stag was quite like um, you know it was hey, what, what did you guys do uh, we played like uh, I was about to say cowboys and indians but we were like at an astroturf field where we were just shooting bows and arrows at each other it was a combat archery combat archery so you know that sounds about right mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah we were just like it was you know it was great um, I was not the best at it I think mm-hmm. a lot of us weren't very good at doing it but we were uh, the stag uh, he's very much like uh, loves his archery so he was he was doing really well with the rest of us were all looking down at our bow and trying to figure out how it goes in um, there was a few moments where like something cool would happen and I got distracted and I would point it out to everybody and then get hit with all the barrage of arrows <laughs> Twice it happened. It did happen twice, and I was like, "God's sake!" (laughs) You're like Boromir. (laughs) Yeah, it was was a worthy sacrifice. (laughs) Um, We were there though. The rock star van showed up, which was crazy. They went. You want some uh, rock star cans? So were they scheduled, or were they just like driving by? I think they were just driving by, and they were just like, "Oh, by the way, do you want some uh, rock star?" If you say, "Well, you pose in front of this." big sound system that looked amazing mm-hmm. didn't play anything though where it was about oh. like, is this real and they're like that oh we can't play anything I think it was noise pollution I think it's too loud mm. um, and he gave us a creative rock star they were trying to give us a couple but we're all like ah we don't have anything uh, anywhere we can put this <laughs> I mean we get, you know we're here to get drunk not to get like on sugar rushes and caffeine rushes you know um, that's fun though but yeah it was great like falling out of the place for a, a few hours and then um, and we went down to uh, into Glasgow and had a couple of drinks out there mm-hmm. uh, went to a donor place as well and like a, a proper donor house it was called in Glasgow uh, now was it not next to another donor house yes so there was donor house that was spelled in German mm-hmm. like, so it's H A house H A U S E house uh, and there was a donor kebab shop like a takeaway kind of quick one that was there and I sort of wandered into there mm-hmm. the takeaway place and I'm like I don't understand why they would have it here I says this is quite like, you know this is like having a birthday party at McDonald's like, you, know, <laughs> you know when you're in your 30s you know it's alright if you're a kid but no when you're, you're much older and I walk all the way downstairs and there was just nobody there and someone's like are you alright I says 
I don't think I'm in the right place. If I can go into a stag do and I don't want to see her. So let me just embarrassingly walk myself up these six of these flights of stairs before uh, I dash out. That must happen a lot though. I think it did, because they were very much like, yeah. <laughs> just okay. kind of like, mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, this is this is happens. This happens more than you think. Um but yeah, it was I, I had fun. It was a, uh, with the guys there. Uh, nice nice bunch of lads. Um Oh they're lovely. They're yeah. so sweet. Um, so with that, um, with Mother's Day uh, as well, like it must have just been like Mother's Day is always such a strange, like strange holiday. Mother's Day, Father's Day, like you see because I come from my family, I always think it's like you know it's you you know, folks always get days every day. Like you have like you would give them stuff and you're like oh there you go I made this for you that and as you get older you don't feel like. Uh, they get appreciated enough. Whereas as a kid, you just did things for the sakes of doing it. And then when you were a teenager, you were very much like, ugh, ugh, my parents, ugh. <laughs> But now as you're older, you're like, no, I should actually appreciate what they did and what they said and bring us up and have that one day. Because a lot of people feel it's very much like a commercial, it's commercialism. And that. I suppose if you're... <laughs> you get those couples that ignore Valentine's Day and then you get the ones that totally buy into it. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm not really into Valentine's Day at all. Because mm-hmm. um, you should celebrate love every day. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, it's all about the food for us. Mm-hmm. And the last few times that we've had Valentine's Day together, it's been about the food. Yeah. And the first year, well, I suppose we were still sort of, it was our first Valentine's Day together and I was like, I don't know how, if this is a, day that you really celebrate mm. I'm not too sure and I think we were both like eh and we did something for the sake of doing something it was fun though and I was like oh, why don't we make each other stuff yeah you did really well well yeah because I made like a you made um, brownie Reese's Pieces Reese's right? Pieces brownies yeah like, I remember really Jason cool. who was uh, like he's like we need to get uh, uh, this thing out of here man like I was like why he's like it's just it's, I think it was just temptation that was there as well he was oh, like yeah. And plus it was taking up like a full shelf of the French. <laughs> you did like, really well. They were really tasty. You needed these biru in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you. I did enjoy I did enjoy um, that Valentine's Day. Because um, you did some uh, artwork for us, which, you know, still need to hang up. Mm. Um, I bring you love. Yeah, it was uh, Mr. Burns, some gooey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully we can get that put up and I can have it on the stream so folks can see your wonderful artwork. Uh, oh, and just eat graphic oh, <laughs> Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so apart from work and the Hindu, which went off uh, greatly, um, what have you been up to, like gaming wise, TV wise, movie wise? Is there anything that you feel like you want to talk about? Um, I feel bad because I I did commandeer a game that you started playing, <laughs> and I feel quite you know bad about it but <laughs> i did ask if it was okay and you're like yeah, yeah so you you watched me play arkham knight yep and i finished it mm-hmm. um i have thoughts some good some bad but mm-hmm. on the whole i really really enjoyed it and i am sad it's over mm-hmm. uh i felt like it was quite a quick game mm-hmm. um i finished it in about a week i would say yeah about that actually yeah i think city i played them all apart from night Mm -hmm. um which i can i say i was so surprised when all the twists were happening you were still like (gasps) i was like 
I I didn't. Well, because you started playing it. Um, what I don't know why you started. Was it on Game Pass? Or? It was on Game Pass, yeah. Uh huh. I don't like. Why did you pick it up? Because you'd finished Persona Five, which I really enjoyed watching you play. Yeah, I think I just wanted to do something that was a bit different because, um, with Persona, you're very much in sort of like a your time to do things. You've got to have. You're on a schedule, yeah. really. You've got to done this. You've got to have this done before the end of the school year. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Royale edition there was we added bits that were there um, like you know that way um, if you're cooking something or if your pet knows where the snacks are and you open a jar and it knows what the sound is like the yeah. pet will come into the room that yeah. was me yeah. when you were playing Persona 5 <laughs> you're like what you doing Dom what's going on because <laughs> I'm sure there were bits that you said that you you stopped playing until I came back from work yeah or, but <laughs> there was bits because I was like oh like I don't want to be like oh by the way this is what happened and you'd be like what yeah. but I have to say that's really like it's selfishly beneficial for me as, as a spectator because you'd played the game before so you knew what bits you could just run and gun and you yeah. knew which bits were coming up that you're like oh Angie might this is like a plot point that's yeah. kind of cool or important in the story but that was you know I haven't played Persona 5 Royale mm. but I feel like I have through you <laughs> so am I allowed to say that I really enjoyed that game you even can. though I did can I? yeah yeah you can say that because I can say because like, I said to the lads like, I enjoyed watching you play Arkham Knight mm. <laughs> even though I had played it before like yeah, yeah. I know a few people, like, uh, when I played Persona 5 originally, uh, Kev sat beside me and mm-hmm. he watched the whole thing. So he's like, I don't know you play that. You wasted 100 hours. <laughs> it's a long game. That's a long game. Um, but yeah, Batman was, um, like, I just had a hankering just to play something uh, familiar, but at the same time that I know it had, like, some sort of upscale. But when I did a bit more deep in it, I actually got uh, a bit more uh, digging on it. It didn't actually get any update. Yeah, what upscale? Yeah, there was nothing that was there. It still was buggy. It still crashed. It crashed on you a bunch. It crashed at least once per gaming session. Which? At least once. Which was very worrying because it's, again, uh, Rocksteady are genuinely known for having games that came out working. Yeah. And they were the first, I think, again... They've fallen from grace a little bit. Yeah. Which is so disappointing because they put out such a great um, set of games with City and Asylum and the fighting mechanic, which is... I haven't played a game w- with as good a fighting mechanic. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's very much like it flows well and the mm-hmm. counter's great. Um, you don't get punished for like little mistakes. They give you like a good window of like how to counter. Yeah. It's not very like rigorous. Still can't do knife dodges. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a pain. Um, but yeah, um, it's so, been yeah, how yeah. how long since that came out, and no no spoilers yeah, at all. Because okay. yeah. uh, I think I got to what point did I get to? When I stopped playing. Yeah, because I, I had to reveal that I hadn't. I actually wasn't going to sit and watch you play this one because I hadn't played it, and yeah. I kind of did want to. So yeah, there yeah. was a, a bit of a stalemate there. But yeah. thank you very much for letting me <laughs> commandeer that game, and it was, was nice. fun. It was fun. Yeah. Bit too much Batmobile. Oh, a Batmobile. Oh my god. Um, like, if they cut out. They had to do something new, I suppose. They had to upgrade it in a way that made it feel fresh and mm. add a car is an easy way to do that. But they could have done a, a lot more, like the different things, like ex- uh, uh, escort missions and stuff, or rescue missions where like you would use the Batmobile to inside buildings and that, rather than. They kept that kind of for the main plot. But the problem was that. With the main plot, it was very much like you used it for about five minutes, and then that was it. They could have had like a whole level where the Batmobile could have climbed up a building. They could have had 
like you know taking the fire like the the fire uh, men that were getting chased and stuff there was all these other things they could have done but they kept just bringing in the militia and the tanks and you're like mm-hmm. well they did have a riddler trophy that was you had to climb walls in the batmobile mm, uh, yeah but uh, yeah um but yeah it was if you were ever stuck on a story mission mm. and you didn't know what to do it was always the batmobile mm. that you had to call um, what did you think of um, Riddler, like his story arc? Because that was the that was the thing that really irked me about. What this story game. arc? There was no story mm. arc. The Riddler didn't have a story arc. It was just the Riddler being the Riddler. <laughs> his like him taking Selena Catwoman uh, hostage, and then you get the, the bomb off her neck, and then he has his mechanic, a big um, um, robot that he's in. Uh huh. And then you beat the shit out of him for a wee bit and he goes, ah, do you know what? I'm not going to come out here until you get all my trophies. Yeah, nah. And I head away and I was like, I can remember with uh, Craig playing in that game mm-hmm. and we sat up for hours doing all the trophies, getting all the trophies. And by the time you get all the trophies, Batman is just jacked. He's Jackman. He's just, he destroys everyone like uh-huh. so quickly. And when you have that final boss battle with Nygma, it's, it's nothing, it's boring. I wonder why they even bothered. I think it's because again, they would, people, fans would just be annoyed. Fans would be like, "No, no, uh, we want Riddler trophies." And to be fair, at the time in gaming, like Assassin's Creed and a bunch of other games had collectibles that were like that. Uh, GTA, all about like collecting. Uh, I think it was pigeons and stuff like that for GTA Four, GTA Five. Yeah, Just Cause, Saints Row, they all had collectathons and stuff. And yeah. Arkham games, the Arkham series always had good Easter eggs and stuff. Like oh, you felt gosh, like when you yeah. got when you hundred uh-huh. percent of something, you got something that was worthwhile. Well, in Arkham Knight, it all kind of kind of felt a bit flat. Like the big reveal with uh, uh, Husk, with him. Hush, Hush, sorry, Husk, Hush, <laughs> Hush. Like, that was that was really well done, but yeah. it felt like that was such a small side quest yeah which is because in in city they really teased that that was a full side quest quest mission Mm. similar to the opera singer um mission in in arkham knight Mm. where you would just happen across victims so almost identical Mm. to to the like those two missions really married each other and then for Hush to appear in the shadows and then disappear, similar to Azrael, mm. just like, we'll see you next game, basically. Yeah. Um, and then Hush coming back for like a minute. Mm. Ah, that was so disappointing. That was so, there's so much more they could have done, but then, ugh, I don't know, I, th- I suppose when you tease something like that, you're just excited to see them again. And then yeah. you see them again and it's like, oh, well, I, I can't complain. I saw them again. Yeah. <laughs> But it was done really well. Yeah. It was done really well. What With the retina the retina scanner not working for Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was there anything else that you felt were quite like, lackluster or not so great about the game? Um, this is going to... I I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I love a sandbox game. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of the St. Rowe games and stuff. Yeah. Um, and City is my favourite game. And it's just amazing as a Batman fan to get a game that is that good. And yeah. like you say, filled with Easter eggs. It's just, it is a treat. It really is. I just felt like Gotham in this one was too big. Mm. 
it was too big and part of the fun of being able to fast travel in that game is to actually like I glide yeah uh-huh but the batmobile was there so it's like oh, i might as well take the car <laughs> yeah. i also think that uh, the amount of crashes that happened happened while we were gliding Mm-hmm. In this game. They did. And it felt like the game maybe was just overbloated with like a lot of things on the ground rather than focusing on the flights and stuff. Yeah. That that's maybe like the cause they didn't they just couldn't fix. Probably now they could, you know, patch something. Ah, but why bother now? Yeah. Well, Especially if you're a PC gamer. <laughs> see when they were just like, nah, we're not doing that. Uh which it's a horrible, horrible thing that still a lot of people will not support Rocksteady and right enough. Like, they were one of the good guys. They were yeah. one of the giants. Yeah. And then, like, what's happened with Suicide Squad? Kill the Justice League with um, microtransactions and season pass and stuff. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough, after uh, their PlayStation um, showcase for it, um, when they released that, there was such negative feedback for it. They've actually put the game on the head, permanent that is. What was the negative feedback? That nobody wants a. Uh, Battle, uh, battle Pass game made by Warner Brothers or Rocksteady. It was more, I think, that people... You have characters, like... It's funny, like, someone did a video where it was like, you have Harley Quinn with a gun, and you got the guy with a boomerang with a gun, mm-hmm. and you got Sharkman with a gun. It's like, there didn't seem like there was any uniqueness to these characters. You basically... It's just a skin. Mm-hmm. and you want to charge full price and have a battle pass and have all these other things so like, but could they not just do the game without the battle pass oh they could most games could see like Fortnite and uh, Call of Duty and stuff like that Apex all of them don't need to have a battle pass or season pass or anything like that they do that so it gives you sort of a feeling of going back to earn something it's all to do with like replay ability like when you're playing a game and you do your dailies. You had that, like Pokemon Go had like a lot of daily ones, like when you were both playing it. Yeah, but that's a mobile game. You would expect that from a mobile game. You like, shouldn't expect that from a seventy quid console game. Yeah, but they want to have more money. Just give, give us all more money. And Rocksteady, I think, like have again the CD Projekt Red. Like a lot of companies have like kind of promised too much and think, oh well, we'll just make it up. You know, we'll just make it up like later on with DLC or packs and stuff like that, but not really putting the effort in the first place. Hence why Cyberpunk really hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's fans of the board game for years and to have it fi- finally come to a console where they can play it a bit like what they were expecting, like Oblivion or Skyrim, to be basically, I don't know. What you're getting is you're getting a watered down buggy experience with Keanu Reeves. Um, and to Sign be me told, up. Yeah, and to be told, oh, we'll fix it eventually. Or, you know, not everybody could go out and buy a next-gen console. Not everybody can go out and have a, a RTX 3080 graphics card put into their setup and try to run it at full spec. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to have that luxury. But to basically paywall them off as well, to be like, yeah, we're not going to actually sort that out as well after promising for years that they were going to keep it. Who was your fable man that um, promised all this stuff and didn't deliver? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, the Molyneux effect. Yeah, that's what they probably call it. <laughs> like the Streisand effect. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Mr. Mr. Fable himself. Yeah. Oh, in Fable you can do all this stuff, like can you? Peter Molyneux can. Yeah, you, you can it? control the cart with the connect. Yeah. It's like, oh no, it's not on a track. Ugh. It's not on a track. It's not on the track. It's Guess what? <laughs> It was on a track. It was on a track. 
You liar. <laughs> Do you know, I would love to see um, a black and white remake. I don't think if I've ever expressed that on the... No, I don't think you've ever, you've, you've said to me... Uh, That's a game that I think they could dig back up. Yeah. Because um, yeah. another game that I saw on Game Pass that I was playing, which is sort of similar, um, is Civ Six. Mm-hmm. Played it for about half an hour and went, nope, I don't understand <laughs> what I'm doing. I've never played a Civ game before, but I know people who like similar games to me mm-hmm. and Civ is on their top 10. Yeah. Uh, can't tell you numbers. <laughs> But I was like, yeah, right. I, was like, mm. I kept looking over at you. I was like, I don't understand this. Yeah, and I don't know if I have the brain power to do this. Mm. And any other day of the week, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, I, I, what was it? I think I said to you, I'm either going to have to really look at the the mechanics because it's not terribly intuitive. No. The, the controls on the console. Mm. Um, I'm either going to have to read up about it and study it or just leave it alone yeah or like again it's be one of the ones it's like you get used to it and then i mean like two point hospital and two point campus were quite like that two point campus was fantastic yeah. i played that game a lot yeah you really did enjoy that <laughs> i really game. liked that again was that a game that i played for a wee bit and i went oh, i'll come back to that and i came back and you were just like curled up playing it like no i don't think it was in fact i think you'd two played two point hospital yes that's what it was whereas yeah. i hadn't yeah. and then i was like well i'm gonna play two point campus then and i really enjoyed it yeah because friend of the podcast ross was mm-hmm. saying two point hospital was great and i was like this is actually really fun Again, it's great to have the ga- these games on Game Pass. They're so a bit of a palate cleanser to your running guns and beat em ups and stuff. It's yeah, just. 100%. Let's chill and add another TV to the teacher's lounge. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that, you know. So, um, going back to Batman, mm-hmm. was there um, anything positive or anything you took away from that game that you were like, oh man, I'm so glad I played this game? Um, the Joker coming back in the way that he did was really well done, and getting closure from that was great. Mm hmm. Um, the psyche prison that he's in inside Batman's brain mm. like and seeing how that relationship played into the main story and like the real world yeah. was really clever lovely hearing Hamill <laughs> um, sad hearing Conroy <clears throat> yeah. um, but that made the game a bit more special because I've not played a Batman game that has been out obviously while he's still been alive and now it's like Mm. Playing this, knowing that the guy's gone, it's it's really sad. I think it was his last great performance mm-hmm. as well. Like other ones that he's been doing, like he did Killing Joke, um, and there was a bit of like controversy with that because they changed a few things in the animated one compared to the comic. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, and it's you know it is what it is, but you can't take away like Conroy's performance in this game. Like every like again. His, his, um, his back and forth with like anyone that's on that, like any of the firemen or Gordon, like Oracle, Robin, you know, it just feels like that's our Batman. Like, yeah, there's something about his Batman that is incredibly one dimensional, mm-hmm. not to a fault, but that's how consistent he is. Yeah. It's not one dimensional as if there's nothing to him, it's just, but he's. Yeah, um, it's you, it's so consistent. What did you say about Batman that it's like if you can't see Batman comforting a child, then mm. you don't have Batman. Yeah, that's um, like a great quote. I'm it's like, yeah, 
That's Reddit, I think. Yeah. Someone said that. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good quote, though, because, like, can you imagine, like, Christian Bale's Batman or Batfleck doing that or even, you know, Pat, <laughs> Patterson, sorry. Mm-hmm. Who's not there? Like, Robert Patterson and Ben Affleck, like, you know, we'll see what I happens. could see Pattinson comforting a kid. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Like, I think he needs to have a bit more... I don't know, a bit more time with it. Uh, ben Affleck, I do feel that he did a he did a really good uh, Bruce Wayne uh, and an okay Batman. Again, it's that kind of Marvel Spider-Man issue where you have like, who, like what's the what makes a good Spider-Man? What makes a good Batman? Um, and then it's like your villains and stuff. Like doing a Joker is going to be really hard mm-hmm. to match up. Mm-hmm. Phoenix did a good job. Oh, Phoenix's one was great. Hugh loves that movie. Yeah, Hugh keeps saying to us, he's like, you know, that's in my top 10 movies of all time. He keeps asking us, oh no, it's in the top 10. It's one, two, three. It's all of them (laughs) in his top 10. It's just all the Joker. All the Joker, yeah. Um, He keeps trying to get us to come to his watch party. Did you see his Joker tattoo? Uh Ah, I did. It's It's just whacking Phoenix. Yeah, it's him just doing like the wee pose in the staircase. And I was like, you got the poster? Even like they got it signed at the bottom. And he was like, best movie, 10 out of 10. Did you see the space that he's left for um, Gaga? Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're down for Harley. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's like, day one, he said. Day Mm -hmm. one, he's going to be there for Joker 2. Do you know um, the, uh, I think it's on his shoulder, he's got the... Um, TV scene where they're getting filmed in the studio. Yeah, yeah, that's a cover up. Yeah, that's a cover up tattoo of um, Jared Leto's Joker. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. you really like Jared Leto's Joker did, as well. Yeah. He was like, um, it's all about his tattoos. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's not here, right? So. <laughs> you know what? He wouldn't even listen to this podcast. I know what he was like. Um, so, was there anything else you would take away from your experience with uh, the Cape Crusader? I'm quite happy for them to leave it there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I like the ending. I like how it was open to interpretation. Mm. I don't usually like endings like that, but see when it's Batman, you know he's going to show up somewhere else eventually yeah. in another form, played by a different actor. Mm-hmm. Robot Chicken did a great um, nod to that in one of their sketches. I don't know. Um, I think it, I think it's the Green Lantern's funeral. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. And they all come together to like pay their last respects. And I, I don't know who's who goes in it, Superman or something. Yeah. It's just like I'm sick of this because there's another dimension where he'll show up again. So like he's come back to life five times. So yeah. let's stop having these funerals and they all start clapping. And the Green Lantern's like in the back. He's, he's already <laughs> he's already gone. <laughs> no, wait, what? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah. That's so yeah. You can't kill the bat. You can't kill the bat. Can't keep the good bat down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it was good. And again, didn't get spoiled somehow. Yeah, I'm still amazed by that. Like me too. Yeah, um, especially with like um, the Arkham Knight. Again, I felt a bit a lot of people got hoodwinked from that because. Are we doing spoilers? Yeah, yeah. We'll just like it's, the game's ten years old now. <laughs> didn't stop me from. <laughs> That's true. Uh, spoilers for the game then. Um, we yeah, had with Arkham Knight, like uh, Rockstead had came out and said that it was. It was a completely different character. It's not who you think it is. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah, and then it turned out to be Jason Todd, mm-hmm. which everyone kind of was like, "That's who we thought it was," mm-hmm. you know. Which was a bit of a shame. Like we, me and Craig, when we were playing it, we could see the writing right away. It was like, it was a shame because they could have hidden it a lot better. I I think, but they you, hid it in plain sight because the flashback scenes where you see the Joker torturing Jason Todd mm. were sprinkled throughout the story mm. 
but I think you needed that just to keep him fresh in your head because there would be some people mm-hmm. that when Arkham Knight is revealed to be Red Hood slash Jason Todd, you'd be like, who? Who's yeah, that? Who's that? So you need to keep that consistent for the fans of the games. Yeah, 100%. Not, you know, so. Um, but I think the, like when they made it seem like it was he was completely different, kind of just annoyed a lot of folk. That was their mistake. I yeah. don't think they should have made that statement at all. Yeah, they should have just kept silent. Yeah, it's like you're gonna have to play the game and find out. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do shit like that, <laughs> video game companies. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> treat people like they're stupid. Mm. Don't, don't talk about fans of a game series that isn't just a game series. Batman has this huge legacy. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with that. Yeah. Yours sincerely, you know. Don't <laughs> yeah. do that. No, isn't that annoying? Yeah, it can be. Um, but is there anything else that you were playing? Like, you know, I've I've been seeing you on your phone quite a lot. Oh shushed. Oh shushed. <laughs> because again, like uh, when it comes to gaming, like I feel like I'm the only one that really talks about mobile gaming on the podcast. You are, I would say. Um, and it's more like I've not played anything new on the phone. Uh, through like iOS or Android it's more because there's not been many that's came out that's been you know interesting or just it's grabbed me like the last one I could think of that really I was like oh I can't stop playing this was uh, Beatstar Beatstar was great Beatstar Beatstar and and it was more it was just because a customer talked about it and I'm like I've never heard of this game Uh and I was like oh my god and then that was me Um, but yourself you've been uh, playing a little cafe game Pokemon Cafe. <laughs> I like have a, it's nice to have a wee game on your phone yeah. that you can just plug away at whenever you're bored, waiting on the bus, Pokemon Cafe, you know. Mm. I used to play Pokemon Go. I got quite far in that game. I was, you know, level 30 something and you know, I put a lot of hours into that and then I don't know, I just got I don't know. I think I think we've both gone through phases where we delete it, and then six months later we come back to it, and mm. then we play it for a bit, and they do, you know. So yeah. I'm I'm in the off phase of the that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this has actually been quite a long off season, mm-hmm. and we were watching the Pokemon. Oh, the Pokemon Direct. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And they were talking about all the new stuff that's coming. Yeah. All things Pokemon. And Pokemon Cafe was one of them. I was like, oh, okay, a little mobile game that's not Pokemon Go that you can just. It's, it's a bit like Candy Crush, but with yeah, Pokemon. But with Pokemon, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think I was like, I'll see where I am in three days. And I'm still playing it, and it's been two weeks now, I think. So. Yes, yeah, it's been a while. Um, but you I'm have been enjoying to, it. It's, yeah, I have been. It's been good, but I'm, I'm. I don't know. I'm losing a bit of interest now. It was mm. good for what it was, but I'm interested in what the Pokemon Sleep app. Yes, is going to be all about. I don't. Have you spoken about that on the podcast? Uh, no, no. I think we. I do listen. I promise. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we kind of brushed over a lot of directs and stuff like that because most of the time that we've been recording, we've just it's just been a lot easier now just to sort of just talk. Mm-hmm. And if anything comes up of interest, like the Pokemon Sleep app was. How are they going to do that? We both thought. Yeah. How is this going to be a, a Air Bunnies game? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to download it. <laughs> curiosity i want to see what little critters are waiting waking up next to me yeah who would you who would you be the least likely well who would you be like the least happy to see when you woke up from the least happy yeah the least happy okay you asked me this and in terms of what kind of sleeper you are because that's 
it, it seems to be that's the kind of Pokemon that you attract. Mm -hmm. It's Pokemon that sleep the same as you. So if you're a deep sleeper, if you're a fidgety sleeper. Mm -hmm. So I would say from that, like if a ghastly or a haunter, <laughs> you know, dreamier style Pokemon, I'd be like, oh no, oh no. Yeah. What would you love to see? Jolteon, yeah. just because it's Jolteon. <laughs> he could be the worst sleeper in the world, and I'd be like, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep badly just to get Jolteon. <laughs> I love him. What about you? Uh, either Slowpoke, um, Pikachu. Like Pikachu's awesome. Um, but yeah, like yeah, like I the the app itself is basically running off of like the sleep apps that have been going on for like years, like the mm -hmm. Mood. Uh, it's Mood Cam and uh, Samson Health. A few other apps do that. They help sort of mm -hmm. track the sleep. Sleep hygiene, I think they're yeah. called. Sleep hygiene apps. Uh, my brother was saying to me, like, uh, I gave him one of my old uh, Samson watches. Where once I paid that off, and I was like, I'm getting a new one mm -hmm. if you want it for that. And uh, he was a notoriously bad sleeper, right. like a really bad sleeper. Insomnia. Like insomnia. Okay. Yeah. Insomnia. insomnia. He was very much like. He hated it for the first couple of weeks because the watch told him when to go to bed. It's mm. like, you will sleep better if you go to bed now. But he's like, but I don't feel tired. And it's like, well, this is the things that you can do that help to relax. Like, read a book, put on a podcast, do something like that. Uh, but after a couple of weeks, oh, that was him. Mm. Like, he was getting eight to nine hours of sleep. And he was feeling a lot better. That's for really it. good. Yeah. After a good couple of weeks, it was, it was hard because, again, it was more like, it's like having a parent come down until we go to bed when you're in your, you know, late 30s going like, that's it. And you're like, no, I want to stay up and play video games. But doesn't that say something about people our age that <laughs> don't live with their parents? We still need a parent <laughs> style <Guidance>. app <laughs> in our life just to keep us right. Yeah, just like, yeah, make sure you make sure that you're um, taking out the rubbish, make sure that you're getting enough sleep. Make take sure your vitamins. Take your vitamins, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you make that doctor's appointment? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Shop phone. <laughs> Phones are just our parents now. They are basically. We're always going to have our parents with us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there we go of um, Pokemon Cafe gaming. And yeah, you know what? It's for what it is, you know, and it's free. It, not an ad in sight. Because mm. I, I, Beat Star to me is sort of on the borderline unplayable now mm -hmm. with the amount of ads. Yeah, because I think you showed me it the last time. She's like, when was the last time you played Beat Star? Yeah. I'm like, oh, it was months ago. And like it's like play a song, Dom. Play a song. Have yeah, fun with this ads now. Yeah. Like it's not even ads that are like for you. They're just like crap. Mm, they are crap, crap ads. ads that have been rubbish. Mm. Like rubbishly done. Like um, computer generated. Like people will play this game if it looks like this, and then the the poster for it is like something completely different for the game, and you're like, what? Yeah, the crap ads. Um. But yeah, Pokemon Cafe, not an ad in sight. And that's been nice. And yeah, it's just, it's good to like kill five, ten minutes. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Mm. It's yeah. replaced Beatstar anyway. Yeah, so. that's what you need. What about you? What games have you been playing this week? Oh, oof. I haven't, like, so I've been playing a bunch. Like, so, oof, where to start? Well, you, you streamed this week. We can maybe start there. Yeah, so Metroid Dread. I'm on the very, very last part. I uh, did a long stream of that, and I got to the, the last boss. Uh, Ravenbeak, his name is. Um, uh, I think it was because I was streaming for so long, I was like, I, I can't be asked doing this. It's when you say, oh, the game will be over in half an hour, and it's not. Yeah. You've 
budgeted half an hour of your time when when you go over that you're just it's just frustration town yeah. <laughs> and I, you know what i'll sort that out and then i'll start a new game next week um but i have been enjoying it metroids are always fun games to play not a game um, i've ever come across yeah it's it's one of the ones it's like it's good to have a guide with it because you can explore the levels to your heart's content but always get back on track with me i always get lost within them and I, i'm like i know myself as a metroid player that i always go where the hell am i going what's next god i wish i had some sort of indicator because mm-hmm. metroid doesn't give you that luxury for it they're very much like they don't really hold your hands because they, they it want an you RPG to explore. Or? um it's like a <laughs> you probably heard the, the term metroidvania um which is basically like a side-scrolling game where you know to progress you have to go to a certain point uh, to use a certain weapon to unlock a certain door that lets you go to another point where you have to use another weapon to un- and it basically is like that all the way through the game so you start like the first couple of levels with just a bunch of locked doors that yeah. you have to come back to yeah okay so you get metroided which is always my favorite term to use which is basically you start off super power and powerful and awesome and you're like yeah i can do anything and then something attacks you or takes away all your powers so now you're back to like a bog standard fighting with a stick yeah so you've been metroided because it's again it's like a common trope that's happened with samus um the the first female video game um but yeah i've been really enjoying that um look forward to finishing it which is you know such a shame because like the the big reveal that happened with her it was like i was like they didn't make a big deal of it which is that samus um Samus through a lot of the games has had Metroid DNA through our system like and uh, she as a bounty hunter has to wipe out the, eradicate the Metroids because Metroids are like the ultimate warriors they'll just destroy everything and take life away from everything and kill um, and right at the, the last part Samus ends up draining uh, a creature and what's happened is that the DNA in our system from Metroid is activated, so now she is a Metroid. Oh. And it's like, now she's like, you're now no longer a bounty hunter, you are the thing that we need to hunt. And that's like, oh dun, shit. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so it's like, oh no, she's the last Metroid. She is, you know, the destroyer of the universe. And you're like, oh damn. But they kind of played it off like, yeah. Like, no, no, not eh. <laughs> <laughs> We need to talk about this. Yeah, we need to. And she's like, no, no, I've got to fight your even beat fine. And you're like, no, no, let's deal with the Samus. Um, but once I finish that, I can give my full final thoughts on it because I know Hugh's a big fan of uh, Metroid Dread because mm-hmm. uh, he was obsessed with it, trying to get everything done. Well, with me, I'm like, ah, missiles, health. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> I've seen some people in the chat going like, you shouldn't be at this low level when you're fighting this boss. I'm like, ah, I'll do it. And then when I beat them, they're like, how are you doing this? I'm like, mm. It's like you playing Breath of the Wild all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ah, fuck it. You're doing it that way? You should be doing it that way. You <laughs> yeah. do it this way. How are you managing that? <laughs> I'm like, ah, you know, skate skills. I don't care. <laughs> Pro gamer. Pro gamer, yo. Um, I also finished the game, uh, wait, it was quite quickly I finished it, which I was quite shocked at. Uh, I seen a trailer come through on um, Xbox, which was for Not For Broadcast. It's not out on Xbox yet, mm-hmm. um, but I was like, do you know what, I like to look at this game, I wonder what it's like. So I managed to play it on PC and... Um, Just on Steam. Yeah, and yeah. It, yeah, it was... It has, it looked, from the trailer, it looked mm. really quirky, but it looked... <laughs> 
don't know how to, it looked like a Steam game. It looked like the kind of game that you would see on Steam, like um, Papers Please. Papers or, Please, yeah. Yeah. It looks relatively cheap, but I think that's the charm that they're trying to go for with it. So, like, there's loads of DLC for it. There's different like broadcasts that you can do. So I stuck with just the the first one. So was it kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's, where like you are in a static position playing as like, in Five Nights you're a night security guard? Mm. Is that so you don't really leave your desk, but you get to see what unfolds? Yeah. So basically, kind of like that. Um, you get to so you've got a couple monitors you've got one monitor that's all your cameras so you have four cameras uh, you have your live broadcast which mm-hmm. is where you can sort of censor or things that come up so people swear all the time and you've got to clear the sensor before it goes onto the the third screen which is the live broadcast and there's always a five second delay with that right. so you can hear it like you know if you've covered it properly for it and you get like rewarded if you're doing well with it. If you do badly, you can get sacked. Right. So you're basically a, a correspondent that's trying to do the news mm-hmm. um, for this company, uh, for this network that's trying, you know, to be very much like the BBC in the UK, very neutral. When so it's is not. How do I how do I ask this? It doesn't use words like the BBC or the Labour Party or the Conservative Party, but you know that's what they mean. Yeah, so they've got two kind of uh, different names. Uh, what are they called again? Alpha? Not Alpha. Because when you were describing the game to me, there was another Steam game that is... Um, I had to Google the title because it's really long, like Dr. Langeskoff, the Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, <laughs> um, which is you go in as a player on a game show mm-hmm. um, but the narrator is Simon Amstel and he's telling you that someone's already playing the game but you can jump behind the scenes and do the props. Yeah that sounds fun. It's it's a very quick game but again it's got like a lot of replay value like there's different mm-hmm. things that you can do on each term um, so yeah it, it sounds similar to that. Again that's a very steamy steam game like mm-hmm. quirky and yeah. Yeah it's quite it's it sounds very similar to this one mm-hmm. and I don't know if it has alternative endings and different things where you want to do Would you replay it? I would replay it. I okay. think I would. Um, but I ended up like, I got so frustrated because I think I got a really bad ending so I was like, I'm going to just watch all the endings which I did okay. and I was like, oh okay, that was good but they've got DLC and stuff like mm-hmm. that there as well. So, um, the political party is called Advance and it's a very far left political one so it's very much like uh, see billionaires and millionaires they shouldn't exist mm-hmm. um, Extinction we, Rebellion mm-hmm. style people yeah so okay. you have like so they, the advance are very much like we don't want we want everyone just to be treated equal we want everyone to be fair mm-hmm. um, so we're making sure like anyone that's a millionaire have to turn in their passports so they're not allowed to leave the country and try to go away to get to the offshore accounts and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. so basically telling them like nah you've got away with it for too long and we're just going to redistribute Share it. Share the wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like unprecedented to see something like this happen. Um, so what I can, from what I'm seeing here, it's kind of set, set in the UK uh, around 1984 to 1991. I'm like, okay, that okay. makes sense. So it's like a late 80s. That would have been just before New Labour. So that would still be a conservative government in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
it kind of starts off that everything's going well. A lot of rich people are protesting because they're like, ah, oh, we shouldn't be paying all this money. And, like, you know, people are lazy. That's all it is. It's laziness. And the news broadcasters um, are very much like, one's very much like, oh, just about the news. Mm-hmm. He's like very much like, I just want to get to the point and figure out what, you know, this is supposed to be journalism. We're not supposed to be taking sides. Yeah. Uh, and another anchor, she's very much like, she wants to have the better position, so she'll do whatever's you know, whatever benefits are. So she needs to just basically brown those. She will. Right. Um. So what's the, what's the other party called? The ones that are meant to be like the Tories um, or the Republican Party? Well, I think they were just under as what were they named? Under. Not sure. I know disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. Oh my god, I can't say that. <laughs> disrupt are the sort of antagonists. So advance and disrupt. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but they're like later on. So I can't remember what the party was advance were going uh, against. Okay. For it. Um, so basically, what happens is that it goes further. They go quite extreme left, where um, they start saying that people need to have uh, cards to like you know licenses and stuff like that. You can use a your license, like your driver's license or your passport for your identification. Mm-hmm. But it keeps trying to force people to sign up for um, this advanced program. It's like, oh, you get benefits and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, that's ID cards. Then you know where exactly where we are and you're going to track us. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's nothing like that. And they're trying to play it off as kind of, eh, it's not what you think it is. Um, and it becomes progressively more real when sanctions are put on to uh, the country. Where things are limited and very, pe- very much people are scared. And it sounds a bit Black Mirror esque. Basically, it is. It feels very much like a dystopian future where it's like, with the, the left are very much like nobody want like they want to say that everyone wants to be equal, but they don't want to put in the 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 hard work in the graph to make everyone focus on it. They're too busy with distractions and all these other sort of adverts and stuff like that. The news channel. Uh, unfortunately promotes like this furby mm-hmm. that ends up setting fire to folk uh, because it had like malfunctions uh, Jesus. and they feel bad about it so they send a news correspondent over to uh, interview a child that's bandaged up and is in pain and stuff but they keep pressing for the child to explain exactly what happens like the child's traumatised you mm-hmm. can't do that but they're doing it because ratings they want to have ratings ratings are good um, and it keeps going on like in this kind of spiral of like absurdity and the news anchor uh, the main the uh, main news anchor goes like why are we pushing this agenda it says like this we need to focus what's going on like you know we're getting sanctioned and stuff like that and when why is no one talking about this and it gets to a point where um they, they have to beef up the security in the newsroom and it's like we've got guns in this mm. country and it was like okay that's where he draws the line it's like you're now like why why should they have guns uh, and it gets to a point. It gets to a boiling point where he actually takes the gun and threatens the newscaster. Threatens everybody. He's like, "You keep that rolling. You keep this camera rolling." And wow. But do you phone. get to decide? You get to decide. Wow. Well, okay. And the phone's ringing, and it's like, "You, you cut this now. Like, we need to cut this." And from what I could see, is like, there's choices in that. If you continue to show, the newscaster will sort of keep going and then kill himself live on TV and that starts a whole thing or you can cut the feed and they can deal with it in a different mm-hmm. way. How long does this game take to do? Um, it was about 
I think it was about five, six hours that I played of it. Okay. So I'm assuming it will be, again, if you want replay value, you can keep doing that. It's a kind of circle. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a way you can skip things. Five, six hours seems like a long game for, let's see how many endings we can do. Yeah. There's not much that if you If it was can... an hour, then yeah. Yeah. Again, it was more like what happens is it'll go through like a day of like when they've been elected, advance have been elected all the way through right. it. So they do time skips and stuff. So you're not doing like every day. Sounds like your wee guy's got tenure. Yeah. He's been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you see what happens with like uh, political stances and how, you know, um, they want to advance, want to buy the new stations so they can push their agenda and say like, you know, censor these things that come up now. So you have this wee sensor bar that's written red. It goes red, blue, and orange. Blue is for advance, red is for uh, disrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, red is for swearing, and orange is for disrupt. So you're like, you need to choose who you want to censor. So if someone brings up stuff like um, that is bad for advance, you would want to hit orange just to make sure that and nobody And you can decide. It. And you can decide. Okay. Um, and it changes the end and stuff. There's also frequencies where people are trying to constantly hack your signal. This sounds very busy. Yeah, it's very busy. Because again, it keeps you entertained, but at the same time, you try to listen and understand what's going on. You don't want to miss anyone swearing and mm-hmm. stuff because you can get in trouble for that. It's very much like a... It's a wild game. It's wild. Okay. Um, Do you enjoy it on the whole? I did. Uh, I got really sad at some moments for it because um, the best parts of the game is when they're not live. Oh, okay. Because, again, a lot of the acting comes across as shit which is not that's what their intention is because they want to show you that it's this false persona that they put on and then when the cameras are off you can continue staying with them or watch the adverts that are going on which are equally kind of funny you can turn it up and you can watch these made for adverts for this mm-hmm. tv like there's a whole thing about this male um male uh, uh, pill that stops like you know oh, like uh, a contraceptive. contraceptive and right. it's like hey i want to take this pill so i can you know, she's done her time, I want to do mine, mm. do, do, do. like, it's played off like that, but it's really terribly acted, um, but you can go to the live broadcast where they're discussing what's just happened, and you see them getting fed up, it's like, I'm fucking sick of this, <laughs> you know, um, so there's many traject- many roads you can go down, uh, and it's your job just to make sure that everything goes smoothly, like, there'll be things like, it's a hot summer's day, the systems all go down you can't switch cameras oh so you God. have to choose a camera beforehand so i was failing a lot at one bit and I right. like, but there is one moment where well there's a moment there's moments when you're away from the camera but you have to deal with your family as well that's the only bit that's a bit iffy because it's done in kind of like still frames because it is it is real actors that are on the screens that yes. you're watching it, yes. these are real people real people yeah acting. it's not CG or anything. No. Real people, real people are acting. And from is what, it kind of British in taste or is it more oh, Americanized? It's very British. Okay. Very British. It's uh, made by a British company as well. Um, okay. But yeah, there's moments that happen that you're just like, how are you going to deal with this? And how the world reacts to it as well. From the neutral ending, there's a true end. There's a true ending, neutral, bad ending, bad ending too. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god. So there's like loads of different things that you can do. Um, as well for replay, and if it comes to Xbox on Game Pass, then I would highly suggest people to play it. Okay. Um, another game I've been playing, um, it's just been goofy just to play along, um, is uh, 2K23 WWE. It's been a 
couple of years since I played a wrestling game that I've enjoyed. Uh, the last couple that have came out have been kind of buggy. 2K have kind of they, they sacked a lot of people from um, uh, Ukes, who used to do a lot of the wrestling games, the fun ones. And Ukes basically went, "Oh, you're going to take us away? Then you're not you're not allowed to use any of our codes." And uh, the last couple of WWE games have been terrible, buggy, and because they have to reset every year, they don't need to. Again, See, I'm, I'm that far away from wrestling that I'm like, I didn't know they were still making. <laughs> I remember so, SmackDown. Yeah. In like what the nineties? Yeah. That's. In the PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> the last time I played a wrestling game. <laughs> um, but this year it's been a, uh, it's been great. Actually, they look really good. Like the models, and it actually plays a lot better. Doesn't play like crap. Um. It looks good, like, because I'm playing this on my PC, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't, you know, I've got a PC that can do, like, you know, really good, like, play really good games, but I'm usually, most of the time, I'm like, oh, no, I'll use that for podcasting, <laughs> and I'll use that to play Persona 4 Golden when it was on there, but, um, I, it's great, like, the music's great. You were looking at the playlist, because it was playing when I'm, I was just, like, looking about the menus and updating some stuff. Oh, the soundtrack's fantastic from what I could hear, and then yeah. I had a little look, and I was like, yeah, this is a good, yeah. this is a good soundtrack. Um, the customization looks great as well, so I'm thinking. Like, I remember saying to you, I was like, "Oh, is this all entrance music?" Mm. And you're like, "No." And then I think Doja came yeah, on. Doja, Doja Cat. Cat. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, could you imagine?" Because <laughs> I'm coming to Doja. <laughs> what would your entrance music be if you were a pro wrestler? I heard, I don't pretend you haven't thought about this. Yeah. I thought like is a great one. Uh, would be Soundgarden Spoonman. Mm. And um I was so mad, like there was another guy that I follow who was called the Spoony One and he said that would be his wrestling theme. Like, you son of a bitch, that works for you because your nickname's Spoony. Spoon Man coming out. I'm like, oh, damn it. It's a good song though. Mm-hmm, good love Sun Garden. <laughs> uh, if you had a wrestling theme, what would yours be? Um Why can't we be <laughs> <laughs> Probably Atomic. Oh yeah, Blondie. Blondie. Just A-bomb. Yeah. I think I think that's a fun intro. Yeah. But yeah, A-bomb. Yeah. Probably be my name. Atomic Angie. Atomic. That's yeah, a good song. I like that song. Yeah. So that's that looks great. Plays great. Uh, I'm actually considering them maybe creating uh, the Patch Boys and then have like a triple threat and play it on Twitch and to see how it goes out. <laughs> I don't think you would be happy. <laughs> like you just get chucked at the ring first, I think. But um but yeah, like it works. And I'm um, that's you know, you, that shouldn't be like, you know, a case for a game that's came out. Oh it works. But Isn't that funny that that's the new standard? Yeah. Oh it's a great game, I just bought this. But does it work? Not really. <laughs> Not really. Hmm. I felt that a lot playing well, Arkham Knight for yeah. one and um and that's a game that's been out for ten years. Mm. And uh Pokemon Violet. Mm. Same problem there. Yeah, and they were still they're not fixing that until what, November? They have a roadmap. Yeah, oh. I think they will sprinkle some patches in between. They Who knows? To. They may have already patched some stuff already. They I don't know, maybe. No. 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 I've been keeping up to date for it as well. Okay. Well they have to. They have point. to. They do. They have to do something. I mean that that game's been out since November. Yeah. And they said DLC was coming out for like next. They say autumn, and then it's like in parentheses, like uh, 
That could be between September to November, so I might so November then. <laughs> yeah, because we've got DLC coming out in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not very, it doesn't look very good, but... I'm not know. excited for it, I'm afraid. Yeah. I, I feel like I've done my time with Violet. Mm. I'm like, you know, it, it was fun, I enjoyed it, but then Arceus stole the show for me. Yeah, Arceus was a much better game. Mm-hmm. If they make another one of them, like, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. 100%. The um the only Pokemon game that didn't have a second counterpart, it was a standalone. Mm-hmm. So the emphasis on completing the Pokedex is doable. Yeah. In game without um help from anybody else or getting a second console or a second, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. which is which is fantastic. Yeah, that's, and that's what you kind of want from a game. You mm-hmm. want a completed game. They've been get, Nintendo and Game Freak have been getting away for this shit for too long. But people, idiots like me, will still buy into <laughs> it because it's Pokemon. Yeah, but um, but nowadays I don't think the it's no it's not justifiable if you're releasing two broken pieces of shit like unplayable or glitchy. I think when it's Pokemon, people will overlook it. Yeah. I kind of do. Yeah, um, you're part of the problem. <laughs> I know very much so, but because <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I saw I saw my mum on you know the day after mother's day and mm-hmm. i was telling her about that kid that came into my work with the quaxley doll oh yeah i was so adorable and he was seven he was the same age as my my nephew and i'm like that's a paldea starter you know that's a new starter that's gen nine we're on mm. and you know me and my mom were talking about it and she's like you know it's funny because you know, she she bought me a Game Boy and my brother a Game Boy and yeah. Pokemon Red and Blue when we were kids. And, you know, our starters are Bulbasaur, Charmander and Squirtle. Mm. And we're nine generations in now. And it's funny how, it, you know, it stays the same. It's the same game. They haven't changed. Like, it's not Pokemon. It's not some. It's still Pokemon, but yeah. all these starters are coming in with every generation. And it's like having your own bond. Like everyone has their bond. Everyone has their doctor. Like who's your doctor? Who? Who's yeah. your bond? Who was your starter? That's a, that's something that people can say that will date them. Yeah. It's like okay, that's how old you were when you started playing Pokemon. Because mm-hmm. because you know I'm I'm 32 and I looked at this kid and just went, is his name Quaxley? And this kid like, yes, it is. <laughs> oh my god! And he got so happy, so happy that some old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Was old like, lady. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I feel pretty cool right now. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh yeah, my, 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 I need to let this kid know that I really mean business. So I was like, oh yeah, my starter was Sprigatito. And he went, oh my God, that's my sister's. And he went and brought his wee sister along and she had a Sprigatito toy. And oh, it was so cute. Yeah. It, was it was so funny so after cute. you kicked the wee girl and took her Sprigatito and just ran away with her. She wasn't happy about that, but I was because I have a Sprigatito and she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good wee story though. Very cute. So cute. But it was just interesting what my mum was saying about, like, you know, when you get a franchise that has lasted that long, yeah, you will get things that come in that cement when a gen starts. Yeah. And I think Bond was quite a good Yeah, Bond's quite a good Because well, Pokemon's 25 years, Bond's what? 50? Who was your Bond? Sean Connery, I'd say. No, I, I know Bond. you're old, but you're not that old. No, no, like, from watching, I used to watch all the old... Uh, Bond movies, but like, our, like my one would be okay, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, mine, mine was Pierce Brosnan yeah. too. Yeah, because again, Goldeneye was like big in '97, so well, it's not like enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but so, I remember, yeah, he's our Bond. Yeah, he's yeah, he is our Bond. But I loved the uh, like the old school sort of one. Yeah, like, uh, Roger Moore was fun, but 
Don't talk about Dalton. Don't talk about Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Uh, Speaking of Pokemon, I was interested to watch you play in a game that had a very, very, very obvious Pokemon reference, <laughs> which which prompted me to look at you and say, you know, Pokemon is a very protective company because it's Nintendo. And I looked at you and went, how the hell are they getting away with this in, so, yeah, in Yakuza? Yeah, so Hugh's going to love that, that uh, yeah, I've started playing like a dragon because it's been sitting on the Xbox since, what, when it came to Game Pass? And I think it was more that... It's Which was not, how long ago? Since it came out. So what's what, 2021? 2020? That it's, long? Ah, it's been out for a while now. Because wow. the sequel's coming out quite soon. Um, it doesn't look... I, it doesn't look like a recent game. Yeah, you even said that. No. Like you were very much like, oh, this looks quite old. Um, Playing Arkham Knight, which is a 10-year-old game. Hmm. Yakuza feels like it should be... Which I think is so strange. I'm like, I don't, I don't get that. I, I like, see it. It, it doesn't. Nah, nah. <laughs> it looks like um, it reminds me of a what is it? A console exclusive for no. What is it? You can cut this. Was it console exclusive? No, when um, when you bring a game to console for the first time, like a, it, it had the vibes to me of a release title. Hmm. Okay. You know, it's not quite there, but this is what it has the potential to do, games like this, but yeah. yeah. So I was amazed when you told me it was a fairly recent game. Like, no way. That's so strange, because like, I think it's one of the best Yakuza-looking games they've released. But okay, to I be fair, you... I don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, so, so. Like, that's why I'm like, oh, okay, because like, I showed you the trailer to like uh, Yakuza 2. Oh my, no, no, and you're okay. like, oh my god, this looks night and day. So that was funny because I said, oh, which Yakuza is this? And you said the second one. I'm like, oh my god, it looks amazing. And then you said, oh no, it's a remake. I'm like, oh, right, that's why it looks so good. Because <laughs> again, those games are, those games are great. Like, I can remember my brother, like, buying PlayStation games, uh, buying Japanese versions of the game just mm. to play them. Because they never localized them until maybe, what, five, six years ago? Um, when they realise that the West actually do like the Yakuza games. Yeah, there's weeps out West. <laughs> weeps out West. Weeps out West. If you do a spin-off podcast, that's what it should be called, Weeps Out West. <laughs> Can I tell you about um, like a, a similar faux pas I had? Yeah, of course. Um, with, with the wonders that technology can do. Mm. Um, I watched Ant-Man years ago, years mm. ago, and the first, like, what, five, ten minutes of the film, Michael Douglas is there. Yes. And I'm like, he looks amazing. Is that Michael Douglas? He looks cracking. My God, the guy hasn't... He's aged very well. And then it went to present day and it was present day Michael Douglas. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so that was like deep fake technology. Yeah. And I felt very stupid. <laughs> but I was like, props to him. He yeah. looks like he's really taking care of himself. <laughs> he hasn't. Well, maybe he has. I don't know. But yeah. he's, he's aged appropriately. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's what it was like watching the Yakuza remake. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why that's why it looks so shiny and <laughs> lovely. <laughs> but uh, with this game, like Hughes, obviously, I don't know if he's completed it yet. I'm sure, like, he's told me some like bits of the story. I don't know. The whole he said thing. it was a long game. Yeah. Um, I'm getting, sure he tried to stream it at one point. He did. He streamed it a couple of times, but uh, even when I've been playing it, I'm like. Oh my god, you can't stream this game. The cutscenes yeah. are way too long. <laughs> they are so much longer than they need to be. Yeah, it's, it's too dense. It's infuriating how long you're like, get to the fucking point, yeah. guys. 
I can see that because again, Kiryu um, in the original sort of Yakuza series, like he's very much like a silent type. So he doesn't really have back and forth where uh, Ichiban is very much like... He's quirky. Yeah, quirky, eccentric, very... Like it's nice to have that though because I really do like Ichiban. I really do like him. Uh, Lovable rogue. Yeah. Well, yeah. But they talk a lot about it. You know, it, this is a total exaggeration, but it just feels like five percent of the game is like gameplay, and the rest is just yeah talking. Talking, yeah. And I think that's what's so good about the Yakuza games is that that you can go off and do these crazy side missions. Like as you were saying, like you know, you've got one where you've got to do like a Pokemon mission. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. You were there were like, little bits where like, oh, ha, ha. We, we were sitting there making jokes like this is like Pokemon. And then the more it went on, it was like, this is this is a rip off. Yeah. And then it's the bit where like they ask you to beat up three guys, but you had to pick one. Yeah. One's in a blue suit, one's in a green <laughs> suit, one's in a red suit. We're like, oh, calm the fuck on. Here's your Suji decks. Suji, yeah. Because he was wearing a lab coat. I'm like, oh, he looks like a bit of a badass Pokemon professor. Yeah, and then Scarly's face. Big, yeah, ah. Oh. And they I find it funny Pokemon. though that the, your team were all wearing like the same colours as well and you're yeah, like, oh actually that's yeah. quite funny. <laughs> so um, Ichiban's a fire type. Yeah. Like a dragon. Like a dragon. Like a dragon. Mm, cool. That's a connection right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the game itself though is, like the gameplay's fine. I like the active combat system where people can interrupt you when you're fighting. Like, in a fight, no one's like, you can still wait around and stuff, but if you're going to go and attack somebody and someone's in front of you who's an enemy, they're going to turn around and hit you to stop you from trying to attack their pal. That seems to sort of, you know, I know I sound I'm being really critical of this game, but it's, you know, Final Fantasy was, that's neat turn-based. Very neat. Hmm. And if it's not neat like that, then what's the point in doing turn-based? It needs to be quite structured. Well, I think it's more just to be like sporadic because the team are I think it's more just to show that the team that you've got yes they're a they're a unit but they are an ex cop, a bum, uh, ex Yakuza and now we've got like the, the ex Barbie. Yeah. I like her. Oh she's great. She's, she's cool. Yeah. Because again I was wondering when I seen her like uh, on stream with you like you know she's attacking people with a handbag and I'm like what the fuck is this? And then she was I- shooting champagne at people and I'm like what? What is this? <laughs> it's uh, they're scrappy. Yeah. I remember um, you got your whole team drunk and they acted drunk in a in a combat scene. I'm like, that's funny. And you're like, I'm not taking them drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you build the rapport with each other. It seems as well. And I know Hugh may have said this before in the podcast, but to progress the, the story, I think that's why these cutscenes are so long because they're trying to get exposition out and let them know that these people these are real people in real situations yeah. that do happen in Japan there's a lot that was like culturally that was like shocking as well oh like the adult baby class yeah you were like what the fuck and I was like yeah that sounds about right I can't remember the last time I was that stunned <laughs> um yeah uh culturally very shocking yeah all the fact um, that them. Um, like the intro to the story was like, um, I, it was like a love like the of uh, Ichiban's uh, clan that he was in, where the head of the head of the Yakuza was yeah the patriarch the head of it was telling him about a story where he met a girl, um, and he, his boss was trying to force do a forced marriage, but he was like, but I really love this other woman, mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I got her pregnant and I didn't tell anybody until she was due and then the Yakuza put a hit on him and his partner. And subsequently the baby. Yeah, and when the baby was born, he's like, you need to get out of here before they get you. Um, yeah, because they're over the phone and he's yeah. like, you just need to get out of here and what about the baby and they're in a station, it's like, put the baby in a locker. Because mm-hmm. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. And I'm asking you all these questions, bearing in mind we've just come off Persona. Yeah. So I'm asking you questions and you're able to answer them. Yeah. Whereas this game, you're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's um, and then after, like, you know, the baby... You think it's dead, I'm sorry, but at one point you think the baby's dead. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Like, trigger warning. Yeah, thanks you. Come on. (laughs) You didn't tell us that. Jesus, but the the baby was fine. The baby was fine, but he was, uh, had a um, damage to her spine and liver and stuff, so that's why he was in a wheelchair. That was the the young boy, he was called young boy. But Jesus Christ, that was... Yeah, heavy. That was really heavy. Hmm. That was really heavy. I was shocked at that because it's quite a whimsical, quirky, funny wee game and then they just threw that in. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. That seems a bit... <laughs> Dark. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, Persona 5 had a lot of dialogue but you could expect it from that game because of the style of that game. A lot mm. of your story did come from the dialogue and you could totally forgive the dialogue being that long and that complicated and that, you know, because that, that was the style of that. Whereas this is like, no. Hmm. I, don't, I know that makes no sense, but I know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> in Persona, the cutscenes didn't feel long. In Yakuza, they do. Yeah. I think it's more because they go for a cinematic look in this. This is, this is shot like it's for TV or for cinema. And Yakuza's always been that kind of you know, you get through the cutscenes so you can get to the gameplay. Um, and then your gameplay is interrupted by more cutscenes. Loads of cutscenes. Or people chasing you. Or, you know, men in diapers. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's more like the, the culture that they have there as well um, is so different. Like the way that the homeless are treated for it is like, yeah. I, I wasn't very aware of that or prostitution, prostitution. the way that they're treated yeah. like scum yeah soapboxing is like you know I remember even when I was over there seeing that like <clears throat> soaplands yeah soaplands sorry not soapboxing soap, uh, soaplands I'm like oh what the hell is I had that I to ask you what that was yeah and it's like <clears throat> and it's like it's their um, appreciation or like basically shunning of that type of action or that transaction that happens in Japan because more people don't want to be seen as that like you know as the white wash like Japan um, rag- the, the oh bleach Japan yeah bleach Japan are very much like get the grey out let's white it up and it's very much like treated as a this isn't a good thing you think you're doing a good thing but where are all these people going to go yeah. You know, there's people out there that, you know, they don't want to be there, but this is the only place that they can, like, live a life. Punishing the underbelly without knowing how they live and mm. not seeing them as humans. Yeah. But Ichiban's character is very for his fellow man. Yeah. He grew up in that environment. Yeah. Like that. And joining the Yakuza and realising that there's honour and like a lot of things. And the reason why they took so long, like, because it's not, it's always called like a dragon in Japan. Um, because Yakuza's like your Yakuza's a very, you know, bad name to have 
uh, in Japan. Like, because, you know, that's a gang name and you shouldn't be promoting anything to do with, like, gangs. But Ichiban's lovely. Yeah. It's because they don't want to see... But he's a bit of a shit gangster, isn't he? Yeah, he's not a very good gangster. He's not very good. Um, But he's... It's not that he's... He's a good guy trying to do what's right rather than doing what's right for him. Because again, if yeah. it was up to him, he would be like, well, if I'm going to do this and be selfish, I could make as much money as I want to do because that's all about me. He's living in the shadow of his patriarch. Yeah. Who doesn't and, want him anymore. Yeah. And his patriarch But he's still about, like bound by code. Yeah. And it's about honour. It's about yeah. like protecting people. Like the, And again, that's why Japan, like, we don't want to have this promoting the Yakuza as good people when the Yakuza are like, you know, they're criminals. They basically are. They are like a crime syndicate you would have in Japan but this feels like the game is glorifying them it does which is like again like it's but then it's like well tell me where the, where's the lie here where, where's where's the lie here that say that you know that they, they turn around saying that <clears throat> that it's again it's like not all Yakuza are like this it's like uh, but then you can see the corruption that happens in the police and it happens more often than not there's a 99% uh, jail rate in Japan for being found guilty because of that yeah. setting. So that's Persona a story. covered that too. Mm. Learning a lot about Japan through video games. Yeah, and it's quite scary to see that fact. And it's like, well, there must be corruption. There's no way that you say you can't be like, well, the police are going to be doing their job when the police clearly have an alternative motive when they're like, we need to get this person put down, send them to jail because it looks good for me. Yeah. And it's like it happens more than a lot of people think. So. To have a video game that glorifies the villains is <laughs> very much like, uh, can we, we have that? Um, I mean, which which number are we on? So that's Yakuza 7. Okay, so clearly they are getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's called now Like a Dragon. They are changing it uh, to the Like a Dragon series to stay away from the Right, Yakuza okay. It's like, um, who was the Ninja Turtle that had nunchucks and they couldn't? Oh, Michelangelo, Michelangelo. Mickey. Yeah. They gave him... What was it they gave him? Anything? They didn't give him anything. They just cut him out of scenes. Yeah. Pretty Mikey. Got done dirty. Because we... Uh, in the UK, it was... Teenage, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah. Turtles. Teenage Mutant Needle Teetles. Needle Teetles. <laughs> what would... If you were in um, a Yakuza game and you had... Uh, like the bum can like throw bird seed at people and summon pigeons and stuff like that. What what would your attack be? Oh, my attack would be grabbing an electric guitar and playing songs out of tune. Yeah. Like the bard in um, Life is Strange 3. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that would be What would yours be? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm a bit of a Photoshop monkey, so I think it'd be cool to have like an undo button. Yeah. Bring out a ta- <laughs> yeah, bring out a tablet and just like you dr- they're driving dune buggies. <laughs> Good damage. He's whacking me a tablet. <laughs> what do you think my move would be? Um, always be a good one. I'd think. I think you would have an assist with Paige. See, I was gonna say you would have an assist with Paige, yeah. yeah. But then instead of like she she runs out all like angry looking, and then mm. she sits and just does the puppy dog eyes. And yeah. Oh. And then infatuated, so then you can just run up and punch yeah. her. <laughs> She's a decoy. Paige's <laughs> a decoy. Aww. Um. But yeah, I think that's all I've been uh, playing. 
Um, You've had a busy week with games. Yeah, had some time just to sit and play some new stuff, play some old stuff. Um, surprisingly completing like a game so quickly. Uh, I don't think it's good for streaming though, so I'm like, ah, you know what? It's nice to play a game that's not, you know, oh, this would be good for streaming, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, is there anything that you've been watching, um, TV or movie-wise? Uh, movie-wise, not really. Hmm. We finished Modern Family, so we're stuck in that limbo of what we're gonna move on to next. Hmm. But we've been filling the void with a combination of The Simpsons and Metalocalypse. Yeah. Shows that we both really love and their comfort shows. Wildly different. Yeah, hundred percent different. <laughs> very different. Both cartoons, and that's about where the similarity ends. Yeah. Because we were both Metalocalypse fans before we met each other. Yes, hundred percent. Such a good show. Yeah. Such yeah. a good show. So short, but sweet. Oh, so good. The music's fun. The art style is great. The jokes are funny. Yeah. They're written with purpose. You know, short 10 minute episodes for season one and two, I think it was, and three went up uh, to half hour. They did, and then four, I think they went back yeah. to 10 minutes. Yeah. I think it's better than them being short. I think so too. Um, but again, I've not seen season three in so long, but you know, it may all change because they have longer music bits, and I love the music. The music's amazing. Because <laughs> they did three death albums plus yeah. the Doomstar. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's one of those shows where I don't think you can recommend it to people unless you 100% know they're going to love it, in which case they've probably seen it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Um, like, I was kind of put onto this by a pal years ago because um, he played it in Guitar Hero 2 with Thunder Horse. Thunder Horse. And he was like, I think that's oh, how a lot of people found Deathlock that are our age because yeah. I was the same. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just out swimming I remember it was like I think when we were watching it I'm like this is the episode that I seen yeah um, uh-huh. that I was like okay I love this show and then I rewatched the first episode but the voices are a wee bit strange but the first episode's great as well <laughs> it's called the food library <laughs> we'll watch an episode together and then just quote other episodes and giggle through <laughs> an episode <laughs> yeah um, do you have a favourite Metal Ocalypse quote I'd rather die than go to heaven is, like one, <laughs> is one of the best ones. That said with such venom, yeah. I'd rather die than go to heaven. <laughs> um, there's so many. Like for the, for those of people who don't know what Metalocalypse is, it's a fictional band called Deathlock, hmm. who are financially. What was it? The bill are bigger than Belgium. They they've just overtaken Belgium. They're the four. They're, at episode one, I think they're the fourteenth biggest financial structure in the world, <laughs> and they're they're just a death metal band full of idiots. Yeah. Um, they're all based off real people. Mm-hmm. Um, some more obvious than others. Mm-hmm. You've got Alexei Leo. That's the okay. Squish Guys based off the the oh, lead, uh, yeah, lead guitarist. Yeah. Um, Geezer Butler Geezer. is Murderface. Yeah. And then Nathan Explosion is Corpse Grinder, Corpse Grinder who yeah. voices another character later on down the line, which is funny. Yeah. Um, and they're just idiots that live in a place called Mord House, which mm. is just a big amusement park yeah. style home that's just all death metal. Everything's yeah. their their staff are called the Clocketeers, and death death is a normal, common part of the workplace. <laughs> um, hey, Skullbone, is it Skull? It's, it's, it's um, face, face bones. bones. 
Facebook. Hey, it's Facebook. There's always one person when they say, hey, I love Facebook. Facebook. He's like Mickey Mouse. He's yeah. just their mascot. Yeah. Voice acting in it is great as well because they get loads of musicians to come in loads. and do stuff. Um, Mark Hamill's in it. Mark well. Hamill's in every episode. Right. He's, that's my favourite line. Because oh. he's summoned a troll yeah, by accident. Yeah, summoned a troll. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Um, the Necronomicon in Finland. Because yeah. they're doing, um, they did a partnership with a phone company. So they go to Finland. They go to Finland to apologise for the last gig that they played that destroyed Finland. Yeah. <laughs> and then they end up going. They wrote them a new, ma- to say sorry, they write a new national anthem, but the words are taken from the Necronomicon. <laughs> and it, it summons a troll. Oh. Um, I could have, t- he could have taken me to school. <laughs> Uh, but there's then, um, but there's a government there's a secret government um, uh, they're tracking them yeah and we don't know why we still don't really know why no um, and the season it didn't wrap but no. it is coming back um, uh, hopefully it's, yeah it's going to be the, the end just, of it just just to tie it up um, but they're talking about their movements and the fact that they summoned a troll in Finland and uh, Crozier yeah yeah, says that's impossible. There's no such thing as trolls. And Mark Hamill's character says, "How do you explain all the dead unicorns?" <laughs> and then it cuts to a picture of all these dead, all unicorns. dead unicorns. Um, how do you explain the dead unicorns? <laughs> it's Toki. Toki has always been my favorite. Yeah, I love Toki. But Toki. Nathan gets the best lines. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's an episode. I can't. I can't remember what season it's from, but they um they hire a fashion guy. Yeah, season three. Is yeah, is that season, season three? three yeah. Um, to just make them look amazing. Yeah, because that's their uh, exercise diet and stuff. And yeah. they cut to like a Man of War album cover, uh-huh. which is them all ripped. Every single one of them. But they're not ripped, ripped apart but from They're not Toki. ripped anymore. Yeah. It says, this is what, one of your first albums that you did. It's like, you're all fat and ugly. Even Toki's. Even Toki. <laughs> yes. Toki is ripped. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. they find out at the end <laughs> that the guy who's been, yeah, spoiler, the guy that's been making their clothes has been making the leather out of human skin. And they, <laughs> they happen upon the dungeon that he's been using with all his victims that are like tied up and screaming and stuff. And Nathan comes in and just oh, starts screaming. screaming. He goes, "Oh my god!" And then just look, just goes, "You're fired!" By the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, god, it's it's such a good show. The music's good too. Oh, the music's great. Mm-hmm. Even like the wee ones that they'll have, like not even for the album. It's just wee bits for the episodes. Like Toki songs are always great. underwater friends. Underwater yeah. friends, and then like his song for his cat. There's like. Ugh. And then like Snakes and Barrows, like they're great as well, like the Guns N' Roses Pickles band. Glam Pickles is hot. Yeah, you, you were saying that, so, oh, he's hot. He's hot, yeah. <laughs> Snakes and Barrels, which is like Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So. I mean, I liked Axel back in the day then when he looked like Pickles. I didn't like Axel, yeah, but I like I like Glam Pickles. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they parody a lot of um, like Snakes and Barrels being Guns N' Roses, but there's a burger joint called uh, Dimu yeah. Burger. Dimu Burger, yeah. Like the band Dimu we'll Burger. Number fives. I, like I even still quote that stuff today with like Nathan when he's trying to figure out what he wants. It's like you you want want it. He's <laughs> like yeah, what up? you want it. <laughs> what are you dumbass? <laughs> it's like, That's not the answer. Oh, and he's covered himself in boiling oil. <laughs> you want it? I had that dream again. Oh, do you think you're dumb? Because he didn't finish high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then he got a zero in the last. He was like, "But you didn't put anything down." Oh, it's like how did how did you not know you were gonna fail this? You didn't write anything. Because <laughs> um, Brendan Small, who's the creator of the show, 
That's mm. his baby. Yeah. He did um, Home Movies. Home Movies is great. Fantastic show. It's great. I saw that um, late night Cartoon Network before Deathlock. Yeah, because yeah, that was Toonami, I think, put on Home mm. Movies. Because, um, like, uh, it was so strange in the UK when they had all the channels changes and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. Cartoon Network would turn into TNT. Um, later on at night before Toonami kind of took over that slot because that's where I used to watch WCW okay. when I was younger I was like oh what's going to be on because it was then it moved to Bravo which was their you remember Bravo? I do them, they're um, <laughs> segue but I remember when I was in college when I was like 19, 20 that age mm-hmm. I went to a party and there was a girl there that got her first tattoo and she got the Taurus symbol mm. the Taurus star sign symbol um, and everybody thought it was the Bravo logo because that's what that looks like and she got really upset and oh. she's like no it's because I'm a Taurus <laughs> it's like that's the Bravo symbol <laughs> so, so yeah uh, that that's was um, some, somebody came into my work there was a customer I asked for their name and they said their last name was McGurk and I, I just started to giggle in my head because it's Coach McGurk from Coach home McGurk. movies because that's um, Archer and that is yeah, H. John ben- Benjamin. Benjamin yeah and Brendan Small, who plays Brendan in yeah. that show. Because it's basically based off his life and stuff. Yeah. And being a director and what stuff. a great show. Yeah. What a niche show as well, because it didn't really get picked up. Like, a lot of places, not a yeah. lot of people remember it. It's got similar humour to, like, King of the Hill. Yeah. Like, dry, real, raw, just conversation. Just, it's just funny. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah, it's very, like, Kevin Smith conversations that you just, and then, like, there's a, there's can be funniness, there can be a lot of jokes in the, you know, the norm. Yeah, you know, like, and it's the responses to things. It's got very, um, uh, Java video, like, <laughs> internet animation. Yeah, with squiggly lines. Very yeah. Ed, Ed and Eddie, very much, like, nothing says the same, like, sticking around. Weeble stuff, yeah. like, internet animations from back in the noughties yeah it has that vibe so it's like nostalgic but it wasn't done to look like that it just yeah. it just kind of does when you watch it back because there's loads of clips of home movies on youtube yeah and they're so funny like um brendan smalls did a, like a ama mm-hmm. um a couple of years ago for like i think it was for doom star uh, doom star requiem yeah and he answered one of my questions and then did he? Yeah. it wasn't anything interesting mine was more like what did you use to record um, the Deaf albums? And uh, this one, I just want to know what it's like. And then he sort of gave us a list of everything that was nice. there. Nice. Um, a lot of expensive equipment. And he says, like, yeah, don't tell my wife how much I spent on this. <laughs> and I was like, and he got like quite a lot of votes. But then he did a documentary of the behind the scenes. And he's like, yeah, I built all this whole room without her knowing this. Uh, but then I think his wife is the, he plays uh, Abigail. I'm sure really? That's I think that's his wife. Because um, he plays Nathan. He plays Nathan the Squiscar and Pickles. Pickles, yeah. And <laughs> is it Tommy Blanchard that plays Toki and Murderface? Yeah. And when he played Murderface, he used to do his voice with loads of cotton wool in his mouth. Mm-hmm. But then he just got good at doing that voice. Because he can't sing his Murderface or he couldn't sing his Toki. I think it's one or the other. Something like that. Yeah, with the Doomstar, they had, to, they had to do something. It was like, yeah, we can't have you sing all these songs. Like, you have to be really good to do it. I think it may have been Toki. Because Motherface doesn't really sing. He just shocks like this. He doesn't <laughs> sing at all. He doesn't sing at just, all. Oh yeah. shit, we're fucked. 
um, Charles, man. I love Charles. Yeah, you love Charles. Yeah. Oh, Charles is the best. <laughs> yeah, Charles, the manager, is just... He's fabulous. He's so good. He's just the glue that holds the boys together. <laughs> and he gets mad because he pushes through endorsements that they threaten to like they're like oh no we'll, we'll kill you if, if, if you don't do this and he's like oh no but you'd have threatened to kill me it's like oh you, you know not to take us seriously like we don't mean that he's like okay. those threats are new yeah he's like okay noted anyway like <laughs> he's so efficient <laughs> but he's like a badass as well <clears throat> mm-hmm. 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 um like later on he's like don't fuck with my bread and butter <laughs> like, that's my bread and butter you're fucking with oh what a line but I'm sure they say it about him yeah. later on as well. Like, oh, yeah. Don't watch Death. Don't watch Metalocalypse unless you're absolutely sure you're going to love it. That's <laughs> that's. I, I I feel like I cannot recommend that show to people because it is niche. Yeah, I'd say for, uh, watch the first two episodes, and if you like it, well, yeah, if you like it, just message us and say that you loved it. Like you know, patches and official at gmail dot com yeah. or on Instagram and that. Just give us a message and see what you what you think. But uh, comment, comment, hamburger time. Hamburger time, yes. Yeah. Hashtag hamburger time. Um, um, but Charles, you said like reminded you of somebody. There was another TV show that. Yeah. We watched. Well, I've seen the first season. Yeah, and then we just blitz through season two, of uh, Clarkson's Farm. Clarkson's Farm. Yes. So. This this. This show, like it really opens up your eyes to like the difficulties of being you know a farmer like i remember when i was younger i think i told you this story that um i I was helping out a pal at a farm mm-hmm. uh, i think it was me him uh, my brother kev and i can't remember who else was with us but we all had to go up there early and help just do farm stuff and most of it was clean if i'm going to be honest most of it was like cleaning up hay helping out with the sheep and the, the cows and stuff and the chickens and that and then because he had two farms he had one that was quite close to where we lived uh, and where I'm from and then the other one was like like the actual land that they had um, and man it was hard work but when we got fed we got fed like some decent food what time did you just have to get up at? oh we were up at 5am uh, um, it was great like uh, we finished about five o'clock so it was like a full 12 hours that we were doing how old were you 13 14 and and can i ask why why were you doing this was this a favor it was a favor or? yeah yeah. it was our pal was like you know he's like do i come up to my, my uncle's farm um because he was just needing some help for the day i think someone was just not well there was something along the lines of that and it was just for the day um but i can remember my brother when we were coming back like because we got paid for it as well and we got like breakfast lunch and dinner and it was like that's when like I can remember when we got milk. It was like proper milk. Was it like from the cow? Yeah. And Obviously, I was, milk is from a cow. Like, I'm yeah, not thick, but yeah. like, was it like proper? Then and there. Yeah, fresh, fresh. Odor to glass. Yeah, wow. teat, teat to glass. And I remember going, oh, like, what? I went, that looks, uh, that doesn't look very nice. And it was because. Was it like. It like, was warm. Ew. Yeah. You don't, you don't expect from that. But. They went, oh, we can chill that, but you can have some of the fresh milk that's here. 
because it needs to be like pasteurized and stuff like that as well but they were showing us as an example just like this is you could literally just do it if you wanted to is that when they threw it past your face yeah like pasteurized so pasteurized, <laughs> pasteurized. Yeah. i can just remember my brother saying that he would just quit it all and just become a farmer um and you know what you were still talking about that for a couple of years afterwards he's like i could just do that all mm-hmm. day who needs education you could just sit in a tractor <laughs> and just read his books <laughs> but there's a lot of work that goes in the farming that I didn't know. So, like, see watching Jeremy Clarkson come in as, like, what, a 63-year-old? Yeah. Um, starting this like, as a new thing. A lot of people thinking it was, like, a publicity thing. And you could see, like, you know, Clarkson is very hit or miss with a lot of folk. And I can see why it annoys people, pisses them off. Cause but you, you see a very, I mean, I, I think whatever you think of Jeremy Clarkson, mm-hmm. he's a real person. Oh yeah, and when I say he's obviously he's a real person, but I mean his responses, his mannerisms—it's all genuine. Everything he does is genuine, mm-hmm. and he's quite unapologetic. So when people are yelling at him, you do see him get upset. Yeah, and that is quite—you're like, okay, he is trying. Yeah, he um, is, he is that- trying, and there's a bit where like. Oh, he, d- he doesn't do something properly and someone comes and he's like, oh, if you yell at me, I'm going to get so cross because I really am trying. And it's like, oh, you know. Yeah. And he loves his animals. Yeah, you can see that. Like, you know, through... he really cares. Mm. He loves, he's like a bit of a twitcher. Like, he likes bird watching and stuff. So you mm. do get to see this, like, country jezza. You yeah. Because, again, I think that was one of the things that he maybe regretted when he had bought the farm. Because, again, he's had this farm for, like, how many years? And he said the reason why he's taken over the farm is because the farmer that he had employed was like, yeah, I'm retired. Yeah. So he was like... So he must have been doing all right mm-hmm. for that farm. And then again, getting like, Amazon to come along and... Yeah. You know. And, again, he's not much of a... You know, he'll have his political says, um, but he wasn't very... He wasn't a... I think he is a centrist. Yeah, I he think, is very much... I don't, I, I don't remember him being very much pro-Brexit or pro... Um, labour things or anything, anything political. I think he was more just about the country itself. And this, um, he's like, well, how does that affect farmers? Yeah, he was very much like wanting to put a light on this. And to be fair, I would have not known half the stuff that was I, going on. I don't think he expected to be an advocate for farmers. A hundred percent. I think he was going to come in and do a silly, a silly little show, and I think maybe that was in his brain. Yeah. But he ca- he gives a shit. And mm-hmm. you know the the first year of farming spoilers, but it rains for like six weeks straight, and it's since records began or whatever. So yeah. the seventies, um, cheerful Charlie, yeah, who cheer- gives you Charles from Metalocalypse vibes, yeah, because he's just so on the ball, <laughs> um, and and efficient. We like that. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah, since I can remember. And there's a bit where like Clarkson is just he's just talking normally like the cameras aren't there. He's like, if you ever hear a farmer complain about the weather, put your hand on his shoulder and buy him a beer because because it is affecting his life. Yeah, there's a lot of things like because I remember the weather being pretty bad mm-hmm. during that time. But you know, up here in Scotland, we don't get you know we complain about the rain, but our rain is very much like we expect it we expect it we are prepared for it well down south in the farming industries and stuff like that you can see that that's why we have so many sheep farmers up here yeah like yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and then obviously during that covid happened yeah which, was which like, you know, didn't expect yeah and he was like god like you couldn't have timed a better time to do a tv show and an isolated part of like you need to stay open farming on a hard difficulty yeah. 
and then with the hard breaks that happening and them losing all this rights and stuff subsidies Sub- like yeah. that was scary to even know that, that season that two yeah that season two talk about that yeah yeah and it's it's scary to see that you know you put these people in positions of power that you're expecting to do the best for your country and they end up like you know they promise you all these things that we'll look after farm and we'll do all this and they don't they don't tell you what they're gonna do and he makes that parallel with like fifa he's like oh it's like fifa coming in and saying we're gonna change the rules of football oh we're having two balls in the pitch are we having like mm. you know 10 players and he's like oh we're just changing the rules yeah and, and, and post- leaving it at that Aye, and not telling you like you know giving you anything for it mm-hmm. and you do feel for a lot of the farmers i've seen like as well that one of the farmers in season two uh she was a dairy farmer um, and there was TB that was going about and basically oh, she had like 120 cows and she got down to 60, like 60 so she lost half her stock yeah to um, badgers to, to badgers to which TB. you can't kill yeah which you can't and you know it was, uh, it was so nice to see that on Clarkson's Facebook uh, people were posting for like a Just Given page for her and they really? raised they raised so much money oh. for her because again she was like look I was only on that for what Collectively, about 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah. And But they said, like, no, out of everybody who was on that, you could tell that... Because, again, she came to work every single day. So she she supplied... Clarkson doesn't have dairy cows on his farm. No. But for the farm shops, she supplies the milk. Yeah. Yeah, that's her part in the show. So that's all she does. She just comes in and stocks the shop every once in a while and just tells everybody her woes. But then you could tell Clarkson actually gave a shit. And that's the thing that I was really surprised at this, because you know when you see celebrities and they have like their own reacting shows and stuff like the first year uh, on the first season you could see uh, Jeremy Clarkson was like burnt to Chris he had a proper always, farmer's town yeah, yeah you could obviously he was out every single day doing that because he enjoyed it I think he that's loved maybe it what, yeah yeah and that's maybe what surprised him the most he's like I actually do enjoy this like this but it's still a Lamborghini tractor it's still a Lamborghini still a Lambo <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but Caleb Oh, Caleb. Caleb is MVP. I fucking oh love him. Oh my god, that boy. And he's like 20 in season yeah. one. Yeah, and he was so funny. He, he just didn't deal with any of Clarkson shit. Yeah, he and didn't. And I loved it. And I'm like, he just, again, so when people are like, oh, Clarkson gets away, he was like, no, no, he can't. He probably didn't know who he was. Probably and I not. can believe that the boy didn't know who Moses was. <laughs> the boy had never been on a train before. Um, yeah, he was so sheltered. He didn't know who Gandhi, Gandhi was. He got Gandhi and um, Genghis Khan Genghis mixed Khan, up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so pure. But my God, what a like what a like he's not what you would say like uh, literally smart or book smart. He was. Street, not seem street smart, farm smart. He was farm smart. He was so that's quick. his life. Yeah, he was so quick to solve all those issues, and then uh, they had the whole thing with like cows being born and how quickly they were born. That he even if one of the cows were in trouble, he was like right in there, yeah. no hesitation, and it was quite. He was quite honest about like what Clarkson should do on the farm. He was like, "Oh, why are you getting sheep?" Yeah, and he hated the sheep, but as soon as he got the cows, he was like, "Oh, I love cows." I love like, cows. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a lad. Like, and then you see him, like, because it come back in season two, and, like, obviously he's been exposed to the media and stuff, but you could see that he's like, ah, yeah, like, you know, I'm just popular now, and it's my, he's like, yeah, you keep telling people it's your farm. He's <laughs> like, but that's my farm. Um, I know, it's nice when they come back for season two, because season two looked like it wasn't going to happen at one point. Yeah, it was quite scary, because, again, like, as, you know, 
as outsiders, you know, city people, you don't understand like these small communities. They don't like to have cameras, a spotlight, and a spotlight on them. On them because, Ch- Chippy Norton. Yeah, they just want to have like to be relaxed and away yeah. from all the struggles of like all all the the, the city folk. Mm-hmm. It's country living. That's what they want. They want the peace and quiet. Yeah. Um, and then for a while, everybody want to come to this one farm, and yeah. you see what the council do, and it's actually horrifying how much that they don't want this this he, guy this, the, what he, they think is a blow-in mm-hmm. is coming in just to get like ratings and fair enough there is that you know fact it's, it. it's it's a fair enough concern yeah. but then but then you see all the red tape that Clarkson and Charlie have to go through like Charlie's basically like his assistant his well he's a, his advisor hmm. um, and there's even points where Clarkson's like have you seen anyone block this and Charlie's like never I've never seen anyone block a farm a track <laughs> on a farm, um, but it's uh, but he's got a good team, and yeah. they do they do all look out for each other. Yeah, 100%. It's, that show has so much heart, and I I I saw season one when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, watched it again with you because you hadn't seen it, mm-hmm. and then we blitzed through season two together. Yeah, it was um, quite an easy watch as well. It is a very easy watch, but I was not expect. I. I thought I would like it because I do like Clarkson's antics mm. when he was on yeah, speed power you know um, from like the Grand Tour and stuff like that but I didn't expect to like that show as much as I did yeah um, and it is a very chill show mm. um, there's always moments of drama and stuff where you you can see like all, all he wants to do is just sort of like generate you know, wealth because his farm didn't make much money in, from season one. No, and he's probably like, "Shit, I need to do something different." And what she does, and you're fair enough. Like, they tried every single thing to block them yeah. doing the cafe, opening that back up, and then trying to actually build a restaurant, which is such a smart idea. You'd think people would be all about that. All the farmers around the area that he could import the chickens and. They were all up for it because they needed this because mm-hmm. it had been so bad for them, and they came to go, no, nah. because it's Clarkson. Because it's Clarkson, and he was very upfront. He was very much like he was upset. Yeah, and he, but he was very upfront about it as well, going like, look, I know, I know what this, you know, what I'm coming in and it's looking like this. I know and, what my reputation is. Yeah. And he says, but look, I care about this. I said, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't care. Yeah, and that's, and that's like, the bottom line. Yeah, and you could tell that he did, like, which is. Like it's kind of heartbreaking when you see that. Like someone is trying their best, and you're going to force them out because it's not not those types of people, you know. But season three has been confirmed. Mm. Um, what was the name of the cow again? Pepper. Pepper. Pepper survived. Pepper lives. Yep. She didn't get pregnant. This was all the cows that you bought at the start of season two. Yeah. And the little girl from the cattle mm. farm and family. Uh, there's this one white cow and she's like oh she's my favourite and Clarkson's like I will take very good care of her and he gives you know he keeps you know she's got a name which is all always good <laughs> you don't name animals um, but yeah Pepper makes it to the end because mm. Pepper would just could, they couldn't do anything with her it was like what did they call her again they got like a fat cow or something well yeah she wasn't pregnant but she was still eating yeah. so she just got fat even Dilwyn the vet mm. even in season 2 he's like go up and swatting off all the autograph hunters <laughs> so even he got a bit famous which yeah. is quite funny but yeah they, and again, uh, they're, all, they're all so lovely as well you can see again that they love being farmers or they love um, they're hard workers yeah. 
and yeah. they work and then like farming's no an easy job mm-hmm. not by a long shot and then it's like Caleb's like yep yeah, we have to do it all again yep and uh, yeah happens to what his new haircuts and stuff like that yeah it's <laughs> like, a good show I can't, I, I can't wait for season 3 yeah um yeah we're gonna have a wee trip down to Clarkson's farm maybe <laughs> do a live podcast there yeah don't know how the boys would feel about that but fuck it <laughs> we'll go we'll take Paige yeah we'll do that uh, so I think that just wraps it up for this podcast this uh, week I hope you enjoyed that guys I know it's a wee bit different from what we usually go on um, with the boys on and that but thank you for stepping in uh, Angie you're very that. welcome and I hope um, I hope that sees you through this week hmm. um, I know this wasn't as ranty as when the boys are here I think this was maybe <laughs> a more chill one a bit yeah. more talky but I hope that's okay yeah well let us know guys if you enjoyed this podcast this week um, and that's a goodbye from Angie bye that's goodbye from me Dom see you later Oh, oh, um, you know how we were talking about Metalocalypse quotes earlier? Mm. Um, I remember putting something up on Facebook because I, I studied chemistry years and years and years ago and my mum got really <laughs> concerned because uh, the, um, they're trying to trick the health people. So they decide to drink bleach. It's <laughs> no. like, bleach is water. No, bleach is mostly water and we're mostly water. Therefore, we are bleach. <laughs>